Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode. Hey, guess what? Before we get into it, you might have heard, I am drafted to the two Ramagpies as a part of the Carlton Draft. I'm going to be playing a game, dominating, kicking six, and then resetting at quarter time. For the first time in Carlton Draft history, one lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Erin Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good's that? If you want to enter this now to get her down to your football club, visit thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com. Eighteen plus. Drink responsibly. Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchin, Matty Lloyd. Lee Montagna, some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT Erin Phillips to play as a wild card. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Erin down, enter now at thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com.au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. G'day guys, welcome back to Dylan Friends. Big week here. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new, I've never done this. If you're new, welcome to the show. If it's been your first time listening, welcome to you. Thank you uh, to everyone else that has tuned in back again. I love you. It means the world. Uh, yeah, as I said, it's been a big week this week. Um, back in the studio again, which has been unbelievable. And and having uh, CJ in has been unreal. Um, he's such a star. I've loved him for so long. But before we get into that, I've decided something this week. I love TikTok. I've been wanting to get on TikTok for so long. I finally started up the account. Uh, we had a meeting with TikTok. That's how big it was. We said, we are going to TikTok to have the meeting to talk about TikTok and how we can grow. Um, so make sure you follow us on TikTok at Dylan Friends. Um, I'm a TikToker. I'm a TikToker. I'm, I'm officially Bryce Hall now, um, Charlie D'Amelio. Yeah, I think like the biggest goals for me now is is to be getting a bit more behind the scenes content, keeping up with the vlogs. I absolutely love doing that on YouTube um, as well. So make sure you, you jump on the YouTube too, um, Dylan Friends on YouTube and, and follow that one. Just on this as well, I'm talking a lot today, but the we found out like a really big helping growing tool for all podcasts and, and everything that really helps in the algorithms and the charts is the more you can follow um, and subscribe to all the content, like it really does help grow and put us um, in the charts and helps then spread the show to other people. So if you're listening today and you haven't subscribed, please do, mean the world, um, and it'll be massive, massive help. So thank you so much for that, my friends. Also, we shared something last week on Instagram at Dylan Friends, Daniel Ricardo, and everyone's saying, man, you've got to get Daniel Ricardo on the show. You've got to get Daniel Ricardo on the show. I would love Daniel Ricardo on the show, okay? I would love that. I've DM'd, I've DM'd him. I've, I think he's put out a restraining order on me. I'm not sure. Um, but we'd absolutely love him on the show. He's a, he's a hero of mine. He's such a legend. We love him so much. So um, we're definitely working on that. If anyone knows Daniel Ricardo, um, hit him up maybe. I don't know. Maybe tell him to hit me up on TikTok or something and we'll, we'll sort it. Uh, but he's a star and would love him on the show. And ever since I watched that documentary, Drive to Survive, I feel like me and him are like friends. And um, yeah, maybe even Lonzo as well. We can bring him and we'll hang out and do a podcast. Enough about Ricardo, though. We are here to talk about the star of today and, and someone that I've absolutely loved um, watching and, and watching and admiring on screen of what they've been able to do because this kid is an absolute superstar. Changwath Jiath is uh, is our guest. Um, he's an absolute legend, absolute just a just a ripper bloke. Like we hit him up to come on the show. He was so happy to come on, um, but his story is, is unbelievable. I'm, I, I'm not sure if everyone's aware of, of his pathway to, to football, but not just football to Australia and what he's you know been able to do and what his family's been through to get him to, to where he is now is is pretty un- unbelievable. Um, you know he migrated to Australia in uh, nine. He migrated to Australia when he was about six years old from. Um, from Ethiopia, he was born in an Ethiopian refugee camp. Um, he's South Sudanese um, parents, and uh, yeah, the, the the journey that it took to to get him and, and his brothers and sisters to Australia is absolutely unbelievable, and and yeah, really inspirational. Um, and and so glad that he was able to share it with us. Uh, lived in you know growing up in in Dandenong, then moved out to Morwell in Gippsland. Um, his pathway to to finding footy and and finding some friends and connections through that to then leaving him into into Xavier um, and then getting picked up by Hawthorne. But, yeah, it's been a pretty incredible ride and not something that's really not the common pathway into AFL. Um, his outlook on life is, is unbelievable. 
Um, and yeah, he's just, he's just super dude. Can't wait to, to see him dominate. We took a photo after the podcast and like I could feel his muscles just like crunching my body. Like I, 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 he was a really strong dude. So I'm really looking forward to him getting out there this year. I know he missed the last bit of the season with a bit of a bung knee, but he'll be back. He's looking strong. He's looking fit. I'm going to challenge him to run and race me on Strava um, because that's what I'm doing at the moment. But uh, yeah, big love to CJ. Um, can't wait for you to check this episode out. And, and once again, massive, massive thank you to everyone that's tuning in. If you can help us out and subscribe on any platform that you're listening on, that would be huge. Illy, XO, let's go. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. Many ways, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to the yeah. Olympics? They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How does this is I'm meditating? It's like, they had a Wu Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Shankwath, Jiath, welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast, my friends. A pleasure, honor, privilege to have you in the studio. New sign. It's you like looking it? Looking nice, looking very nice. Mate, it's an honour. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, uh, we're mates. We've uh, we've hung out yep. at the Ball Magnets launch. At the MCG, yeah. Yeah, it's the home of football. Yeah. Our favourite place to hang out. <laughs> but you do it differently than I do. Um, mate, how are you? Firstly, looking good, looking fit, looking strong. Thank you. Um, I'm currently doing some rehab at the moment, so okay. I'm just doing some gym and a bit of running as well. It's looking, feeling really good, so yeah. What's, what's going on? I think it was like 12 weeks ago, I heard my PCL. Uh, and I've been out since then, so I've just been doing a bit of rehab and that. I started running last week as well, so it's very exciting. I run on ground on Friday, so I'm looking forward to it. It's funny, like, I was in rehab a lot, but you, you always feel your fittest when you're in rehab. Like, I wish I felt and looked as good when you play. you like, it's weird. Yeah, that is true. I was, um, me and, <laughs> me and uh, Will Day, we had a challenge going on because we were both in rehab, and we are just saying, who can put on the most size quickest? I managed to beat him. Um, he actually, I thought he lo- I lost at the moment uh, before that because he came up to me. He was like, all right, let's have a test. And he um, <laughs> he got his phone, put it in his pocket and we weighed in. So he, he weighed in like an extra a kilo and I was like, all right, hang on, let's do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and he got caught out and someone just saw it. I was like, yeah. What do you have like a Nokia, like 33, 15, like <laughs> he, had br- he had a brick in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> What's like going back now, like I think as a young player as well, with preseason, it's always such a big time because, like, you've had your breakout season, you played incredible football. You go into that preseason, you're like, fuck, I need to like work on things. I want to get bigger, I want to get stronger, I want to get fitter. What's your thing this season you're, you're focusing on to, yeah. to really pick up this preseason? Like, I mean, just the whole thing of just not playing in that last, I think it's like seven games, it just motivated even more. I was like, well, I'm not playing, I miss playing, so I'm going to use this to fuel me in the off season. Um, and then I went off. I've just been doing a lot of gym, a lot of running, and I just feel very motivated to get back. So mm. I'm looking forward to it, man. Is there anything like, because I just like on the topic, I remember when I was in that space and I was like, fuck, I need to get bigger. I need to get stronger. But at the end of the day, like we spoke to Kate Simpson ages ago. He was like, you know, Kate Simpson, mm. obviously one of the game's greats. Yeah. He was like, fuck, you know, you get told so many things, but sometimes you just got to work out what's most important to you because you can't focus on getting like all three things to 100% at, at once. Mm. What's like your a? What's like your a game that you're always focusing on? Is it your running? Is it your <coughs> speed? Or what, what's your number one that you're like? Yes, I got to get better at maybe a bit bigger. But what's my one thing I'm going to get even better at? Uh just I focus a lot on my first three steps. I find that's very important in footy because um, it's such a you know it's such a centimeter game where a fingernail can just affect a whole game play. So mm. I, I focus on my first three steps. Is if I do have the ball, driving really fast and just exploding, and then if I don't, running to help out, and I find that it it helps a lot. So that's one of the things I do focus when I'm when I'm playing and when I'm on training as well. So you you win. Um, you're going to be very modest here. But you win a lot of the time trials and stuff, don't you? I won my first one last season, so I, I hopefully I can win another one this. Is that the because what the, what do you do? That's like a two point two. Yeah, two point two because like the extra two hundred meters around because it's bigger than a normal. Um, track so they just added the, the 200 are you allowed to tell us what you ran in I know they're a bit secretive sometimes of what these times are because oh. I'm on Strava man like I'm saying like if you're on Strava you're a competitor of mine <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Do you know God, what it would no. have been? No, I'll keep that. I'll keep oh, you keep it? I'll okay, keep yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that I don't. That's not. That, you, that just says you're scared of me. Basically, <laughs> that means you're scared of me. I I got I go Strava. I you know I go about fifty percent, and I'm running like four minute thirty k's. So hey, that's impressive. Yeah, man. I know it's yeah. So obviously you're scared of me. Hey, so congratulations on your on your breakout year. Um, you've twenty two hundred twenty two with the AFLPA. Unbelievable. Take us back to the start of, of the season. What did you, you know, line yourself up with? What were the goals? Did you achieve everything you wanted? Mm. Did, was it something you'd planned to do or you, did you surprise yourself? Um, well, going away from last, the season before this season, I was very disappointed in my performance. I was like, and the club as well, us, everyone was just disappointed. So I was like, I went away, thought about things. Um, you know, I wasn't very happy. I was like, this isn't me. This is, where I, this is not where I wanted. So What I, happened? So I made sure that I ticked every box, you know, when I went off and did my program mm. um, and just did everything I could um, to make sure, you know, I can come back better. Um, and it just takes belief as well. Once you, once you know you, you know, you tick the boxes, you you can have confidence. Mm. But some people have it the other way. Some people can just have confidence straight away. But me, um, I had to tick a lot of boxes to just believe in myself. Um, so then I went away, came back in the preseason, um, you know, everyone was impressed because, you know, it was a big step from the season I had before that to to that moment. So it was just, yeah, it was, it was awesome to get that recognition as well. And it just fueled me even more to keep training really harder and play uh, play harder. Um, and then the first JLT match um, was pretty much when it took off. Um, that's when I just was like, yeah, this is it. This is where I want to be. What happened? Um, what was that conversation though, like at the end of 2019? with you know i'm assuming the coaches and stuff like that made you yeah change. so it was <clears throat> so it was with sam mitchell actually we were just sitting in the office i, would, I just went in there just to talk a bit of smack a bit of shit um went in there um and halfway through the conversation he just goes cj why, why are you not playing afl footy like you've got the speed you've got the athleticism like how come you're not playing every week i'm like that's a great question I'm like why aren't i so then I went away. That's just pretty much how how it started. Fuck. So yeah. he's just like, I think he would have known exactly what he was doing. Yeah, hundred percent. He's a genius. You can see a lot of potential. A lot of people. Um, Lockie Bramble. Um, he was in the uh, Box Hill um, program, and Mitch was a big belief. In him, had a, big, a lot of belief in him, and yep. hence why he was drafted and playing a lot of good footy at the moment as well. Now, the I, I say this a little bit um, through this cloggers and and stuff, but I think the biggest thing. It's funny, like we write off, I feel like we in, in the AFL community have sort of ridden off Hawthorne and been like, fuck, you know, they're going to be rebuilding and whatnot. But look at players like yourself coming back next year, Will Day, who is one of my favourite players, um, James Sicily off his knee, Jack Gunston, mm-hmm. who he was injured most of the year. Um, and then you put into fact as well, you've got Tom Scully and Jonathan Patton, who uh, obviously retired early this season. I feel like there's a lot of money to play with. I wouldn't be surprised that if something sort of happens hopefully soon to bring in some more players or bring in some more young talent or picks or whatever it is and Hawks just stay very nicely. Yeah, well, as you said, yeah, we had a lot of injuries towards mm. that, you know, <clears throat> mid, mid-season mid where, we, you know, we're just going to just going to shit really. Um, but, I mean, we as well, you add Charmin Impey in there as well. Charmin Impey. And, man, it's just, it's going to be so exciting next year. Um, we're pretty disappointed this year because we thought we were going to be up there. Um, we, we beat... Western Bulldogs in the practice match early on the season and we're just, you know, we're so excited. We're like, yeah, we're going to win the premiership boys. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, but no, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be really nice next year. Who is, who's the hardest player you played on this season in your in your early journey at halfback? Who have you just been like, fuck, this bloke is, is off? Because your role as well, it's like, it's tough because you've got to play on someone but then obviously make them mm. worry about you too. Yeah. So... It was um it was against West Coast last year. Liam Ryan. Yeah. Oh, he made me look sick. <laughs> I was embarrassed coming man. off. I was embarrassed. <laughs> um I he took a hangover me. Um I think it was like in third quarter or something or second quarter. And yeah, it was just he just kept taking hangers and I was like, What do I do? He just keeps flying through everything. And I just <laughs> <laughs> Um and he just I just got embarrassed. Like I was just I played the worst game of my life that day. Um and ever since then, I was like, yeah, this guy's a freak. He's a star. He's one of the most exciting players to watch, in the, and especially that half-forward role, which is, um, you know, very, very tough position mm. to, to play. But um, no, I'm sure you'll get one over him very soon. Yeah, hopefully. Um, mate, I'd love to go back 
to to your story and how you well would have to go right back but how uh your family got to australia how you got into football and 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 talk about that pathway because i'm sure a lot of people are aware of it but it is truly incredible um i'd absolutely love to to hear it firsthand if you're happy to to talk about it but um yeah what's what's the story what's your what's your journey and and how did it all come about so so born in ethiopia 1999 um south sudanese parents they fled uh the war-torn sudan um, at that time, it wasn't it wasn't a South Sudan at the time. It was just Sudan. Um, they fled from Sudan to Ethiopia, walked on foot for about I think it was six to seven days, not no, not having any idea where they were going, just finding somewhere to live and just getting away from how brutal that you know the whole place was. And luckily, they found um, Ethiopia, um, and then from there it was just you know trying to find trying to find food medicine um water because as you imagine there's not just it's not just my family there's about seventy thousand other families trying to flee sudan so you can imagine there's just a lot of scarce of you know medicine food water and all that so um so i was born in ethiopia in the refugee camp there um but when i what i could remember from then it was pretty much just um i didn't really worry about like what i didn't have i was just worried about like playing soccer as a kid um and just having fun with my friends and, and, and family, really. Like, I didn't even think about, you know, we didn't have food or didn't have water. It was just more about just having fun out there. And, yeah, I could just remember, you know, you know, hanging around with my brother and just kicking the soccer. And I have this – I remember this day. I've got a photo at home, actually. I've got this Arsenal kit that I used to wear. I used to love Arsenal because my uncle goes for Arsenal. Um, and I used to just wear that T-shirt. Like, every time I wanted to go play soccer, i just chuck it on and just pretend I'm like Henry or something. Yeah. And that's just probably the best memories I have um, from then. But growing up, you get told a lot of stories, um, you know, by your parents and and how much they endured as you know growing up in a um, in a war torn country and going from there to refugee camp. Um, yeah, but it was it was just it would have been just tough. Like it, um, you know, there's there's things called you know there's this child soldiers mm-hmm. um, from a young age where you have to go you know fight for you know. Um, Sudan or or in the military or something like that and that's from the age of six to you know to whatever um, and my parents didn't you know they didn't want us to be associated around that so they moved from there to Ethiopia but as you can imagine as well it's just not food around there so they, that's when we moved from Ethiopia to Australia as refugees we got accepted in 2007 um, to come here in Melbourne um, different scenery completely different it was just i remember just landing just seeing bright lights and it's just like what the hell's going on and the whole the whole build up to landing from there and then going to my aunties and um in dandenong we lived um for about three months so we went from the airport to dandenong so you know when there's like so we're in the car and there was i remember there was a truck right next to us <laughs> and we go on the same the same speed and it just feels like you're just standing still yeah that's a, that's the weirdest experience i've ever had <laughs> that was the first car trip i've ever been in like besides you know being in a, a bus or anything like that and how, how old were you at this stage i was six turning seven um and yeah it was, it was just the weirdest feeling ever like you think you're standing still but you're actually just moving and i was just like wow i was just baffled but um but that's just my memory of just, you know, coming to Australia. So incredible. Um, and, you know, your parents are absolutely fucking amazing for what they've what they've been able to do to, to get to Australia. When you were talking, um, you're saying about like being in, in Sudan and there's parts where uh, your parents are saying, fuck, we've got to get out of Sudan to get to Ethiopia because like, you know, the, the child soldiers and all these things can happen. What what are some of those like stories that they were like fuck we just got to get out of here like was there a time where they were just like we we need to leave to to get to to flee to Ethiopia yeah well <clears throat> Sudan has been in a civil war for about it's still happening now but there was a stage where it stopped but before that I think that they went on for about forty years of civil war um, it was just a lot of conflict between the north and the south um, um, I think it's it's got you know stuff to do with you know religion. Um, you know, oil or stuff like that as well. But, um, and it just got worse and worse. And it was just, you know, kids being misplaced, families being taken away. Um, and that's when pretty much it's like, no, nah, we can't do this. So mm. we've got to go from, we've got to go somewhere. 
anywhere will do. And that's when they just packed their bags and just left. Um, and yeah, they were, you know, six days of walking and not knowing where to go would have been tough as that's for sure. So when they're, when they're walking like from across countries, are they with people that are, they're all going to, to similar situations? Yeah. 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 So they just, as you can imagine, there's, you know, pregnancies, um, you know, um, women with, you know, kids just with luggages and just carrying stuff as well. We've got kids on their back and they're just walking just to go somewhere, just to live. Um, and they're just walking for days and days and just till they find something. That's pretty much what it was like. When you're in a, um, a refugee camp in Ethiopia, um, I'm not sure if you can remember these things now, but like how long does it take to then apply to go to another country to then rock up to yeah. you know, get approved to Australia? The process for us, I think it took about two years my dad was telling me um and it was a lot of waiting around happening um you know going from refugee dad did a lot of trips from the refugee camp to ethiopia in addis ababa which is the city in ethiopia Mm. um and just a lot of trips about you know applications and all that obviously there's not much electricity in the refugee so he has to go up and down he did a lot of study as well so he was speaking english um but as a genius if you didn't know speaks arabic um, my native language, which is Nuer, um, and English at that time in Ethiopia. So he was very educated. Um, That's unbelievable. Yeah. And so, yeah, he, he used to travel from the refugee camp to Ethiopia and just um, apply and just, you know, process, the whole process of just going from there to Australia was massive. What was it like, firstly, you know, probably a question for your family and your, your dad and, and your mum, but when they first got to Australia, what was the situation like? So you went to live with your auntie, you had mm. family here already that had been yep. approved. Yep. How, how long had they been here for? Before us. So they were, I think they might have, they've been, I think I'm going to guess five years. Because mm. I remember leaving, I remember them leaving us when I was, I think when I was about very young i don't know i can't remember exact age but i remember them them leaving before us and yeah so they were there before us and it made the whole transition so much easier so much easier i could would stay there would go to school with the other kids living at um, with my cousins as well there and and it was was, yeah we found that it was was so much helpful compared to just us just coming here without no not knowing anything and when you first got to australia as well assuming that you weren't speaking english at that stage it took was it 12 months to yeah so yeah i i knew i knew no english that so was um all i knew was hello and goodbye um but a lot of cartoons a lot of simpsons it, it helped me a lot i um i'm a big fan of simpsons still yeah. um we used, to, we used to watch a lot of cartoon straight from school and and also just you know learning from other kids as well was pretty helpful but just the whole you know, not knowing how to communicate with other people was tough, like, from school. Um, but, you know, we just, as soon as the bell goes, we just go to the soccer over and just have a kick. And that's how we met friends and just how, that's how we communicated, really. Mm. Sport, like, was the biggest equaliser, isn't yeah. it? I think you've, I've heard yeah. you say that before. It was such yeah. an equaliser for you. Like, it didn't yeah. matter about anything. As long as you could play sport with people, that's how you made friends. That's how you connected. That's how you 100%. felt a part of it. Yeah, yeah. That's how, that's how I felt. And, um I still this day I still believe that as well. Um, um, Nelson Mandela is a big believer as well, as well. So he's one of the my idols as well growing up as well. So um, like he's he's you know thought about the same as well. So yeah, I think it's it's such a, a strong point. Like when you know if you, whether you're uh, a refugee or a, a kid that's struggling to to fit in or find friends or anyone at all. Like I found the biggest things for me and the most lessons I learned was growing up and like playing sport with people um and i can imagine it would have been you know even if not more uh beneficial for yourself coming to australia and, and not speaking english what was how did it come about because you're saying you're playing soccer you've mentioned it a few times mm. um how much you loved it yeah how did you find out about footy yeah so it was um so we, after living in melbourne we moved to Mullwell. um gippsland gippsland so my dad's a minister he's, he does he does a lot in church <clears throat> so he wanted to build a church in Morwell and he still has got a church in Morwell as well. So we moved there, um, I think it was 2008 and went to school in Commercial Road Primary School. That's a quick plug over there. Yeah, shout uh, out. Shout out. <laughs> 
you know, when we moved to the country, it was a lot more different to the city because the country people, our country um, community is way more into footy than the city. So we found that it was a lot of more footies being kicked around. It wasn't as, you know, much soccer's being around, mm. so, uh, balls being around. So, um, so we were very curious about, you know, what that type of ball was. It's very different egg shape. I'm like, oh, it looks a bit weird. Um, a few of my mates were, where I like, you know, I like to hang out with, asked me if I wanted to, you know, come over kick. I was like, yeah, why not? Um, I was shocking at it. First kick shaked it. Um, and, um, and another kick shaked it again. And then I was just, I was just, yeah, I didn't want to come back after that, but it came with persistence and just coming back again. I was just like, well, if they enjoyed it, I might as well, I might just jump in, um, make some more new friends and stuff like that. So learned how to play footy. Um, they invited me to the Morwell, so there's two teams. I started with Morwell Tigers. Yep. And then... Um, you didn't try, did you? You did. <laughs> oh, no, man. You told them. That is bad. I thought it was the same team. That's it. That's for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I went the same team. Because they're trained different nights. So On the same oval? Yeah. same. It's the same oval, yeah. Oh, that is confusing. Yeah. So they're trained yeah. different nights. So I went on the wrong night thinking it was actually the team where my mates played at and then um it turns out it wasn't so then i had to because i already signed up i was like oh shit well, I might, as well, <laughs> might as well stay there i played a, played a season there then who was that what team's that more tigers oh so you so who was the other team at more youth club you so yeah so um at the end of season um a uh, few interviews they asked me where are you taking your talents i was like, i'm taking my talents to more youth club <laughs> 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 so joined more youth club with my mates there. Um, shattered because that year they won the premiership. The year I didn't join, yeah. they won the premiership. So I missed out. Haven't won a youth. I haven't won a local premiership before. So I'm just going to wait a sec. Youth club. More youth club. Is that what the team is called? Yeah. Yeah. That's the weirdest it's, name it's ever. It's a weird name. I'm confused. I thought it was like a youth All club. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's, it's called more youth club. Youth club. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Red, red and white. Red and white. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So yeah, I was shattered and missed the premiership and I was just... But it was good though because we that couple of years later, we went undefeated, but we lost in, <laughs> in the great fight. I just... Um, even just on Morwell as a, as a whole, a whole as in... Oh, not as a whole, not, as, like, as in a whole, as in like holistic view. Um, I can't imagine that being like nearly the most opposite place that you've ever been to as migrated to Australia you probably couldn't pick like two different destinations <laughs> like so living in like rural Victoria mm. was quite different I'm assuming it gets absolutely freezing in winter in, in yeah oh, a little bit yeah it's rainy yeah so you, I, I don't know correct me if I'm wrong I don't know yet but apparently it used to be a rainforest there like really? back in ages ago so oh. Gets a bit it's a beautiful place, Gippsland. It is. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. A lot of beautiful people there. Yeah. Shout out to Gippsland. Shout out to the youth club. Um, that's sick. So uh, you're playing with the Tigers. You've dogged the youth club, unfortunately. You're playing with the Tigers. <laughs> and then you get a scholarship. Is that correct? Yeah. To Xavier? Xavier, yes. Do so you boarding? Do you, do you, boarding. Yeah. yeah. You've turned to Vic. <clears throat> weird experience. How was that? Yeah. Going from, you know, country and growing up there to posh. And that, yeah, for anyone not in to, Victoria, Xavier is probably the biggest, um, oh, yeah, one of the biggest schools here. Unbelievable school. Like yeah. it's, it's like Hogwarts, isn't it? Like it's, it's <laughs> massive. Like it's, it's massive, yeah. But um, yeah, going there was so daunting at the start. Um, my mate, um, Latham Vandermeer, plays for Doggies. Oh, we we boarded, boarded together at the same time. Um, and we were both like homesick. Like every weekend we'll just go home. Um, as soon as <clears throat> it's Sunday, we'd, be, we'd come back late just because we missed, you know, being home. Um, but, you know, once the footy started, footy season started, pre-season started, like we just became best mates. Um, and a lot of, lot, lot, I met a lot of you know, people at the school as well that I still keep in contact with as well. <clears throat> it's such a beautiful school where it's just, it's welcomed me in, you know, open arms because I was just a kid that didn't know what to do in the city, um, let alone, you know, Q. And <clears throat> so it was beautiful because like it was a, a lot of family members were inviting me over for dinner, um, you know, staying the night just to make the whole homesickness, you know, a lot more easier. Um, and like it's just, you know, it's just shaped me to be a better person at the moment just in terms of like um, looking after people and just accepting other people. Like it's just so much, it's so beautiful there. Yeah, that's cool, man. I think a lot of people leave high school with like, 
sometimes a bit of a bitterness in their mouth. But mm. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I went to, to Ivanhoe and it definitely changed me into a better person. It's like a footy club really, isn't it? Like if you embrace it, mm. it embraces you. Mm. Um, but I suppose in your journey and having people like boarding, you know what? I, I, I have so much respect for kids at board. At that age, I literally wouldn't have even left my mum's side. I was that scared to even sleep over at a friend's house, let alone like move into the city and go to school. Yeah, or well, it's it's it made it a lot easier there. That's for sure. Like it's we did a lot together in the boarding house. Like just to you know a lot of fun, um, a lot of tricks being played on each other. Um, but no, nah, it's good fun. Good fun. Uh, what happened? So you you didn't because you're in the um, Next Generation Academy. Mm. So you got selected with Hawks. Mm-hmm. Is that because they have the zone Gibson yeah, zone? Gibson zone. Yeah. So how does yep. that all play out? Because you go, you get taken as a category B rookie, yeah. like pre-draft. Is that right? Yeah, pre-draft. Yes. You're playing some. You're <clears> playing <throat> at Xavier. So is that with like yourself, Latham? Bailey, Bailey Smith, um, Will good. Golds was he there? Golds he was there. Yeah, great team. Like we we did pretty well. The year before that, we did better, way better. I think we came third. I think yeah, beat St Kevin's uh, first time in I think about seven years. So um, it was an unbelievable experience. Um, so much fun, but um, yeah, it was such a good team. Like it's just such a good team to look back on. Hawks uh, pick you up, yeah, yeah. So yeah, pick me up. They told me I think it was a week before exams, just to you know chill the nerves a bit. And did you? Sorry, just to go back, had you had prior communication with them? Was yeah. it you'd go there a bit and do some training and stuff? Yeah, so I did a lot of training with them. Yep. Um, did a lot of one-on-one stuff. Um, Nathan Foley was, you know, he looked after me as well because he um, was at the Hawks mm-hmm. um, looking after the generation, Next Generation Academy stuff. So I had a lot to do with him because um, he was a similar type of player, running uh, running type of player, lovely kick, but I wasn't that Beautiful kick at the moment. Uh, before that, um, so we did a lot of kicking, did a lot of um, you know touch and all that just before. I mean after after school, um, and yeah, he's been a big help when I was you know getting drafted and all that. And just one of the blokes that I you know used to text and go for a coffee with as well when school finishes. Nathan follows a star, absolute ripper bloke. Mm. One of the, I still remember his season in like twenty. I reckon it was like 2009 when they were playing the Vic All-Stars. Oh. He was just like probably the most watched, exciting player. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, and I was, unfortunately, the injuries sort of cut him down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I watched the same highlights as well. It, crazy. Gun. Freak. Absolute gun. Um, Freak. You know how you are saying before about how like your kicking um, wasn't good back then, but now, you know, again, very modest man, but your kicking's beautiful. Like you have an incredibly, incredible kick. Like it's, it's fantastic. Thank you. Do you think that... I've heard a few of the Irish boys say that when they come to um, play AFL and and you learn it a little bit more at a more mature age, you don't form as bad the bad habits as much as what kids do when you pick up the game early. Like when we when we're younger, um, and you learn it, you've got these bad habits that they're too hard to change by the time you get to you know a professional mm. level. But if you're learning the game from maybe a later age and it's it's not not as foreign, you can really structure your kicking a bit better. If you're learning from a professional coach, yeah, I think just training at a high intensity and mm. a, at a so there's I think I learned from this so there's a there's a zone right so you've got your comfort zone and you got a danger yeah, zone and you yeah. got like a sweet spot I feel like as a kid you're really in that um, comfort zone a bit you're just you know doing what you can but <clears throat> you don't want to be in that danger zone because you know you're just stressed out and you don't you don't want to you know you can't learn anything so you just want to be in that sweet spot where you can be comfortable but you can't really be too comfortable and i think that's growing up and that's where all the irish boys learn is that sweet spot and that's pretty much where i learn as well so when you're saying that like break that that's actually very interesting i love this are you saying like early days you want to be in your comfort zone you don't want to push out like are we talking about kicking here are we talking yeah, about like talking, life in oh, general just, no just skills or or it could be life as well yeah but i'm just talking about just any type of skills I yeah right um yeah, oh, it's. Do you want me to break it down again? Yeah, no, I'm. I'm just thinking. I maybe I'm really trying to cipher what, like, look into this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know what I'm saying, but I, I took that as like, when you're young, you have like a comfort zone that you don't get out of, and basically you're not going to improve or get better in anything you do. Yeah. until you get out of your comfort zone. That's right. Is that that's, what we're that's saying? That's what I'm saying. Okay, yes. cool. Yep. Yeah, I like Correct. that. You like that? Very good. Thanks. <laughs> I, it's, I didn't come up with that, by the way. No, just, you did. I'm not taking credit. You no, did. no, no. It's, I think it's re- like renowned that that's a thing. Um, and 
you know, I was actually having a conversation with a friend yesterday about this, this, and this has got nothing to do with kicking. It was just to do with like what we're doing at the moment. So from my example, like yours is kicking, mine is podcasting, right? And we're saying like, oh, fuck, I feel like such an idiot sometimes like doing this podcast. Like people just think like, what an idiot, like you're such a loser. Why are you doing this? But if I'm not, and that's probably fair, but if I'm not getting myself out of my comfort zone and in that sweet spot, like I'm not going to get better. So is that what we're saying? That's what we're saying. Yeah, I like it. That's it. I like it. And also just on that, I'm barking up this. This is for myself here. But I'm thinking <laughs> like one thing I've learned lately, which I really like is if people aren't like when you do something and for example, like yourself, say with your kicking um, and me with like my podcasting, if you do something and you do it with authority and you just go like, no, nah, I'm fucking doing this and I'm going to get better at it. People don't question it. They're just like, oh, fuck, look at CJ go. Like what a, what a maniac. Um, look at Dilgo, what a, what a star. He's a great podcaster. <laughs> but if you, if you question yourself, it allows other people to question yourself. So they'll just go, what the fuck this guy's doing? He's never going to be good at this, mm-hmm. this sort of thing. Do you like that? I like that. It's another one. That's a great one. You can keep that. I'll keep that one. Yeah, it's good. One thing you said earlier, I'd love to go back to, and you are talking about when you were um, in Ethiopia and you were saying about like when you were living um, in the camp with your brother and you're kicking around the soccer ball mm-hmm. and you're like, I've never been as happy. You know, you're like, I've never been happy, happier. I'm just doing my thing and, and not having the stress of the world. Now, there's two parts to that. One, you're six years old and you're probably not as stressed as what you are now. But do you ever draw back on that with the person you are now? You're playing AFL. You've got eyes on you all the time. You're in a high stress environment. There's like massive things that are going on. You know, your brain would just be buzzing. Mm-hmm. Do you use those moments to draw back and be like, 100%. fuck, like, yeah, 100%. When I'm, if I'm down or I'm having a shocking day, I'm just, first thing I think is, this isn't so bad. Like, this is not, this is, this is not bad at all. Like, look where you just come from. Mm. Like, you got nothing to lose. Like, you had nothing pretty much. So what, what can you lose? That's pretty much what I come back to till this day. And that's what keeps me motivated, really. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? It's like, obviously, it's gratitude, which, uh, you know, your your level is a lot more extreme because it's it it's changed your life for for incredible you know mm. amounts of things. But it's uh yeah it's a bit of a wake up call. Like even for me, like listening to the story today and coming in with a worry that I had earlier, and I'm just like, what the fuck? That does not actually equate to anything right now. Um, I suppose it's just a healthy dose of perspective sometimes for everyone that you need to hear. Mm. Um, <clears throat> everyone has stories. Like I was telling you just before, like I just dropped off. One of my best mates, Sam, to the doctors. He's having his last like bout of chemo today, and I was just like, "Fuck, man! Like, how am I stressing yeah. right now when there's other shit going on?" Yeah, jeez, it's crazy. It'd be, it'd be very tough, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, can we talk about like the multiculturalism in the game? I know something you're extremely passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, with Sudanese and, and African players playing, we we spoke, you know, earlier offline. Like, Mad, what Majak Dor, what he's done for the game. Alirali this year is just taking his game mm. like it's pretty fucked how mm. how good he was this season yeah um uh we've got isaac quainer as well who's from ghana mm. um what's the what's the relationship like with with the african community in the afl um do you guys yeah you know stay in touch oh we do yeah we've got we've got a little group chat that goes on actually um which is a lot of banter happening in there um pretty fun but we're just we're just all aware of what we've come through like yeah. we're just all similar um so we do have a, we do sympathize and, and get around each other really so and like it's it's so cool like how what, what it might be like in the next you know 10 years what the AFL will be like so very excited and seeing a lot of kids come through is very exciting um and like just it's so cool like even seeing like you know what jo- Jason Johansson has done yeah. you know 2016 grand final um coming from South Africa like it's so it's pretty cool um Another, you know, Ghanaian, Jose Aquino as well, as you mentioned, um, you know, had a you know good season this year mm. as well in the last couple of years. So, no, he's a gun as well. So, very excited. What's happening behind the scenes that we might not know about for, for African players in, in the pathways? Like, I'm sure you've seen um, some of these young guys coming through. I was watching some of like the NAB league highlights the mm. other day. It's pretty fucking scary and, and exciting yeah. of what's coming through. Yeah. Is it, just, is it just getting more popular and popular? It is. Think? Yeah, because well, there's a lot more people playing. Um, as opposed to just, you know, it used to be just Majak. Like, he's paved the way for all the South Africans and Africans yeah. around the country. So, just seeing more of that, a lot of people are just so excited to see more of that and be like, oh, 
you know, I love what he's doing. I want to do that when I grow up. Um, it's so cool as well. Like, you know, seeing kids, you know, send you a message on Instagram or something. And they're like, wow, this is awesome. Like, like, you know, reaching out to, you know, kids as well saying, you know, keep training hard and all that as well. So, you know, it's very humbling and just such, you know, pretty cool as well. Do you, do you understand the impact you're having on 100%. people? Yeah. You know that? Yeah. 100%. Like I was, you know, I was in their shoes as well as a kid. Yeah. I remember, you know, when Magic couple of years magic got drafted i used to i used to i used to be a pest you know i used to message him yeah. all the time <laughs> did he reply actually i posted a photo it was just him yeah kicking the footy i posted it on my on my insta he actually replied to it he's like thanks mate i took a screenshot it used to be on my ipod but i don't, You're iPod. I don't yeah <laughs> i don't have it anymore but um but no it's it's so cool like i, I completely understand where they're coming from when they you know if even if they do send multiple texts you know it's showing a lot of care so yeah it's cool it's very cool man it's very exciting to th- see um, um i can only imagine how how special that would be to have so many players looking up to you um in your position because you're doing incredible incredible things thanks my bro what's your goals for next year what's your goals for your career like what do you do you set goals i don't really i don't pin goals i don't write them down yeah but i've got, I've got you know there's like a little i have something in my head where what i want to do um I know it's kind of hard at the moment because I'm doing a bit of rehab on, yep. on this knee. Um, so, firstly, I just want to get this knee right. First training session, um, have a really nice training session. Want to win the, you know, the two point two point two k again. That's you for know sure. what run with that's, me, that's bro. Goal. You can. I could start yeah. the king. I can be taking you on those you can, four you minute. Can be, you can be the. You can be the pace setter if you want. I could be the four minute forty five. Yeah, uh, pacer. Yeah, yeah. You can keep up with me. I'll try to keep up. <laughs> but. Um, but I just want to win the two or two K. That's at the moment, and then and just tick boxes. Have a really good um, preseason. Um, train really hard, and just and just yeah, to come back even fitter, stronger than last season. Um, looking forward to it. I know you, you. You know, in your eyes, like it's always easier because like it's sorry, it's always harder when you're talking about yourself. But from my point of view, you're an established AFL player now. And I think it's just up to you. Like, I'm sure you already believe that, but I'm sure you want to keep it to yourself a bit more. Do, speaking to Tommy Mitchell, um, one of our mutual friends, and he was talking about how you, uh, you, him, and Scrimshaw mm. love like the NBA culture. <laughs> and you, you like, to, <laughs> like to talk to each other, you know, pump each other up and, and actually like say things. Like you actually be like, no, I want to do this. I want to do that. And be... What, what is seen to be like in Australia um, arrogant, which it's not, yeah. but you like to say things like, no, I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to do that. Do you yeah. actually find that that, do you, do you think that that will come out soon? I think it will. I mean. I love it. Yeah. Well, we've, we've got us three. We don't want to say too loud around the change rooms because people might take us as, as, as a wrong way yeah. and think we're just, you know, arrogant pricks, but we're starting to build a little bubble yeah. around the change rooms. <laughs> um, but it's just at the start, it used to be like it's just fun and games and all that. Mm. Um, and we just love to pump each other up. We're good mates as well on the ground and, and off the ground as well. So we love pumping each other up and that, each other up, and that's just a, a way of of doing that as well without coming across as arrogant. Some people might see it as that, but it definitely isn't. It's just pumping each other up and just um, you know uplifting each other. Do you do you take like confidence out of like these players or like NBA players and how they go about it? Because yeah. I, I think. Like as a young bloke back in the day, I wish I was a bit more like just believed in myself a bit more. And I, I feel a big thing for me in believing in myself is when I say things. Mm. So like if I say, if, if, I, if I speak things, like if my language is good and I say like I'm not there yet instead of like I'm never going to do that. Yeah. That's like my biggest thing. Like it's picking up with yeah. language and talking. Language is, is very important. Um, we do a lot of stuff. We have a, a group called Catalyst at the club. Catalyst? Catalyst. It's yeah. Good. Do you know what that means? I, I, I know what it means. I couldn't give you the definition, but I understand. Just fast track in development. That's what I was going to say. There. Um, so it's a group where it was just, it's pretty much just development. Yeah. So it's first to four year players. Yeah. Um, and the key things we talk about is language and the importance of language and how you say things um, and how strong you say things. Because, you know, you can be a bit of half-assed about it and just not really believe in yourself if you do say it um so it's a, it's about that and just it's we have found that it's, it's been very important this season um and this year um 
and it's just been a lot you know it's been so helpful really you do, do you have like a performance psych at the club i'm assuming that goes through this sort of stuff yes like, yeah we do yeah, yeah. because yeah. that's been a big thing for me um and and the things that i was thinking about then is you're like i don't know the science around this and i was hoping maybe we'll get one in one day but i'm pretty sure like your brain can't it can't it doesn't know when you're being serious or joking so like even if you say something that you like you say oh fuck my life or something like this your brain takes that and it thinks like oh fuck you know i'm down on myself i'm giving Mm. myself this energy like that's what it is so Mm. just on that as well i was just thinking more about it like that's why i always always try and just say exactly what you've said then yeah. like think you know talk positive to yourself you always yeah. got to be your own best friend like that's how you, well, you treat yourself even giving back giving feedback to someone else when you tell that feedback and then you give a little joke or, or a little giggle at the end they could be like oh was that a joke yeah i'll take you seriously so the importance of language is you know as you were saying as well you got to really deliver it massive mm. massive I, I even find for my like with this podcast there's so much shit that i say that I'm saying it to actually just reaffirm to just to keep doing it like you know that I'm struggling with myself but yeah it's interesting um I want to talk about one more thing before we go we we're talking about this off air TikTok we love TikTok you love TikTok we love TikTok. you're big on TikTok I'm not that big though you're pretty big man you've been doing some good things on TikTok you did the cool mouse thing the mouth thing the other oh, day. that, was, that was good that was funny I was just like we'll yeah. get that up that uh. cool. <laughs> <laughs> what's your account what's my account CJ Jeff C- CJ Jeff okay is that, is that a plug yeah, no, oh, get, on, get on the talk. Yeah, we'll definitely get huge. on that. We, we're getting on talk. We had a chat about this. I had a meeting with a girl from TikTok today. Her name was Al. She was a star. Yeah. TikTok is unbelievable. Do you know, apparently, on Instagram soon, it's there's going to be no photos. So it's just all going to be videos. I've, I saw something about that as well, yeah. So it's, imagine, like, you've got to start getting really good at these videos because otherwise there's going to be no photos anymore. That's right. That's right. I've been, I've been on it for about... Three to four years now, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident about what, it. What's your, <laughs> <laughs> what's your go-to on it? Like, what do you do? Because I've got to work out my niche. Oh, it's honestly, I don't even have a thing that yeah. I go to. I just, <laughs> you just do it. Just, just do it. Um, what's CJ off field? What are you doing off field? Off field, a bit of game at the moment. What are you playing again? Playing Warzone. Um, but at the moment, I bought a piece, uh, PS5. Yeah. I'm playing NBA hard 2K to get on, eh? Very hard. Yeah, Did I you get to, it on the Ebays or the uh, uh, market, Marketplace? marketplace? Yeah. What's someone doing when CJ's rocking up to the house? <laughs> Did they know who you were or was uh, it? No, no. Nah, nah. Well, I'll tell you a story about that. So I had, a, I had a knee brace um, at that time and the guy told me, yeah, meet me over here. It's like an alley. <laughs> and I had, a knee, I had a knee brace at the time. I was like, oh shit, I might just get robbed here. So as I got out, I took my knee brace off just to show I'm not, you know, crippled yeah so yeah. he doesn't try to so he doesn't try to rob me yeah yeah yeah. but luckily he was he was a good bloke he didn't rob me good so you got the ps5 got the ps5 was it second Secured. how did he get it it was brand new but yeah. he it's a good investment for him actually very yeah. good because he i think he bought it for like i don't oh, know so the actual price. oh yeah because this is the this is a time where they weren't making any ps5s they yeah. didn't release any yet <clears throat> well they did release it but they weren't making any more yeah okay and so he bought one. I think I think it was about seven hundred bucks. Sold it for about nine hundred. So profit, little, little markup there. Yeah. I, I get all my sneakers off um, marketplace. Do you? Yeah, I'm a big sneaker guy. Yeah. on Marketplace. Nice. It's what do one. you? What you, you go to? Uh, I've slowed down a bit, um, but I, I I was on the Yeezys, but now I'm transitioning over to Nike. So I'm nice. trying to get rid of all my Adidas stuff. Um, I can keep it. Are you Adidas? Yeah, I'm Adidas. Yeah. Do you reckon I should get, like? Do you think that will keep going up over the years? Like. Yeezys. Yeezys, I feel like they're so overdone now that it's like... I don't know. I'm not sure. Mine, but I think beat too, man. I'm going to the dog park in mine and stuff. Yeah. I'm not very good at looking after <laughs> really? them. Yeah. I think the, the, the Nike Jordans, Jordan 1s, the low cuts. Yeah. And the Dunks as well. I've got those. The very popular at the then. moment. Yeah, they're cool. Um, and the 4s as well, Jordan 4s. I haven't got the Jordan 4s. Yeah. Um, but I was about to... I was about to pull... Not the pull pin, but I was about to buy the, the you know, the Travis Scott's Jordans. Oh, they're ones. my favourite. So at the time they were paying, this they're pretty way. expensive. This way, I think they were paying a grand or something. But I was like, I don't want this is way too expensive. That's I can't a for a shoe. But they're going up to four grand at the moment. That's what I mean. People don't understand. It's actually an I was investment, like, isn't it? Jesus. Yeah, it isn't. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is an investment. So if you if you're doing good at that, might as well. Go yeah, I'm, I'm not doing great at it. <laughs> um, a couple other little tidbits. This is these are from um, maybe you'll be able to pick who they are. You've been doing some Kerford Road punishment sessions. Is that right? 
Oh. Is that the voice? Oh, jeez. I thought that was just a Carlton thing doing the Kerford Road, but I found out every single person is going to Kerford Road and you're taking some flippers. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're not a good swimmer? Nah, shocking. So what's happened here? Firstly, why are you doing the punishment set? Is it a whole team well, or is it just that, you? No, no, it's a whole team. Okay. So, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll ask this. If you... If you if you find me a fish that can walk, then I'll start swimming. Oh, I don't <laughs> mind that. That's good. <laughs> but I just hate swimming. I, I'm, I'm not a confident swimmer either, especially in that water. It's pretty scary and cold. Oh, yeah, it is. So, um, was it pitch black? Yeah, it was pretty dark. Oh, that is so petrified. Pretty like, dark. Yeah. Um, took my flippers. Still struggling. Well, even the flippers on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was just so bad. I just can't swim. So. No, it is quite scary. Last one, um, I think, was after a game when I had a scan. You thought you were injured. Turns out oh, you just had a flu that jab. That is a lie. That's a big... You've had a flu jab. And go. you've gone and had a scan on your arm because you thought you'd done your shoulder. <laughs> That's not true. Okay. I'm just going through what I'm getting on the podcast. Oh. We have good insight. Well, the, the, the doc said, just roll with it. It'll be funny. Just, just... <laughs> Make him think that it's it's actually real. So I was like, "Yeah, boys, yeah, yeah." I got a jab, and I think it's you know, there's actually something wrong with me. Just, just to go with the joke. Next thing I know, it's gone around the club. Everyone's telling everyone for like a whole week. So I was like, "This is BS." So that's not true. That's not true. Okay, both not true. Who's your most exciting player besides yourself going into next season? Will Day. Will Day. Yeah. Yeah. And and Jack Scrimshaw. He um. If you didn't keep up with the BNF votes, he finished. He didn't finish top ten. I yeah, believe he had a really yeah. good season, but next season, I'm going to be fit and fire and ready to go just to prove everyone wrong. The similarities of him and like a Grant Birch, oh. even just the way they like move, that the left foot, the kicking, everything is very uncanny. Birch 2.0. Yeah, and Will Day. Um, funny story about Will Day. I'm not sure he's ever told you this, but when I was at the Giants, for some reason he was like he was like 17 at the time, and he was at the grand final. And he, we were like hanging out and he got a photo with me and now he's like a superstar <laughs> and I suck. And how funny is that? that we're is mates. Funny. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So she yeah, way back. Him. Yeah. He's a good man. Um, CJ, thank you so much for your po- podcast. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Incredible story. Incredible season. Incredible career to date. So happy to call your friend and, and be in the studio, man. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, man. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Who do you support in like NBA, NFL, soccer? Yeah, so Arsenal, Arsenal, soccer, EPL. Um, NBA, Lakers. Yeah. Um, Who, why? LeBron James. Kim. Goat. Yeah. So did you go for him at the Cavs and then? Nah. Oh, no, not really. I went for OKC. I'd still go for OKC, yeah. but I just love LeBron. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends, or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review, or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs>